Welcome to the GSI Briefing Podcast. This is Regina Agia, President of the Garden State Initiative. Joining me on this episode is Dr. Arthur Laffer for a discussion on the various economic policy issues impacting life here in New Jersey. Dr. Laffer was the keynote speaker at GSI's annual Economic Policy Forum in May and is today a regular presence on television and on the editorial pages. Dr. Laffer's economic insight and analysis sparked a worldwide tax-cutting movement in the 1980s. One of his earliest successes in shaping public policy was his involvement in Proposition 13, the groundbreaking California initiative that drastically cut property taxes in the state in 1978. His Laffer curve is now taught in college classrooms around the world as the basis of supply-side economics, which illustrates the trade-off between tax rates and actual tax revenues. Dr. Laffer was an economic advisor to the administrations of Presidents Nixon, Ford, and Reagan, along with British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. The recipient of many awards and recognitions, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom, Dr. Laffer is the author of numerous books, including his most recent, Taxes Have Consequences, published by Post Hill Press in September 2022. Dr. Laffer received a BA in economics from Yale University and earned an MBA and a PhD in economics from Stanford University. He currently lives in Nashville, Tennessee, where he is the founder and chairman of Laffer Associates, an institutional economic research and consulting firm. Here now is my conversation with Dr. Arthur Laffer. Well, welcome, Dr. Laffer. It's always great to see you, and really, we're honored to have you on the GSI Briefing Podcast today. Thank you. It's a real pleasure for me, Regina. I love it. I had so much fun with you in New Jersey. That was great. It was. We wanted to have a few follow-up questions. And and so, uh, in fact, this all began last year, although we worked together other times. But on this specific project, we had approached you about analyzing the corporate tax environment in New Jersey. And for our audience to set the stage, some of us remember New Jersey's governor famously said, if you're a one-issue voter and tax rate is your issue, either a family or a business, if that's the only basis upon which you're going to make a decision, we're probably not your state, unquote. So, Dr. Laffer, is the tax situation here really as bad as it sounds to even really a casual observer? It, it's probably worse, Regina, than it sounds. Oh, gosh. Uh, not, not so much because the situation today, the situation today is dire. It, it truly is. But it's from whence you came. You know, you've got to consider a situation there with where are you now, but where were you once before? For example, in 1968, New Jersey had neither an income tax nor a sales tax. It was one of the fastest growing states in the nation. People from everywhere were migrating into New Jersey, uh, and it had a balanced budget. Was I mean, it was the it was the example of pro growth, supply side, free market, democratic, economic, capitalist states in the nation. Uh, it was located next to one of the worst states in the nation, New York, and was benefiting not only from New York but also from its own wonderful set of policies. They have now gone 180, and now New Jersey probably is, well, may not be quite as bad as New York in total, but damn close. Now, Connecticut did the same thing as well. Connecticut lived off the businesses being sheltered off, thrown off from New York, and then they reversed too with Low Wiker, uh, put in the income tax, and then they ran it way up the flagpole, just like New Jersey and 
Today, New Jersey is one of the highest tax states in the nation. Uh, you know, when uh, uh, when uh, uh, my my student John Corzine was your governor, before Chris Christie, who who did a good job, he he did an interesting job, Chris Christie, which he doesn't get the real credit for. He didn't cut taxes much at all, but he vetoed tons of tax increases, which was really needed. And in New Jersey, that is as good as it gets. But when Corzine was governor, you know, the highest taxes of property taxes, sales taxes, income taxes, all the all them corporate taxes, <coughs> all the way across the board. I mean, it was it just a disaster? New Jersey was one of the slowest growing states in the nation. People were leaving like rats out of a sinking ship, and they had huge budget deficits. So, you know, you you contrast it with what it was and what it is, and that's where I get the the really the sad story of of beauty getting despoiled, of prosperity being ruined, uh, uh, third generation stuff. All of that is the story of New Jersey, which is very sad. Well, and, you know, to your point about the other states, and I know you and your team have analyzed the economies of, you know, other states as well as other countries. But, you know, in your research, kind of to put even a finer point on what the point you were just making, that you note that New Jersey's being bled to death, right? As some 47 billion of uh, adjusted gross income has fled the state over the past 30 years, as you were just mentioning. And now we have the highest corporate tax rate in the country. And, you know, not just individuals, but New Jersey. Jersey was once the home to 22 Fortune 500 company headquarters. Now we're down to 15. Now, how do you assess maybe a little bit more specifically New Jersey's tax policy against other states right now? Well, New Jersey is right in the very tippy top on the, on the taxes. And there's the corporate tax, which is a, a, a narrow tax, uh, which should never have a high rate. Uh, should not. It's got a narrow tax base. And with all the exemptions, deductions, exclusions, omissions and credits and all of that, it's even narrower than it appears. And so having a very high tax rate on a very narrow tax base is the antithesis of good policy. Uh, it's because you're taxing this little base and these people can escape and they are escaping. And it's also I mean, I don't like to use these types of words when you're talking about public policy, but it's unfair. Some companies that are very similar to other companies, these don't get taxed because they get some special political favors. Others do. Other companies that have a, a nexus in another state can avoid that. I mean, there are just so many ways around uh, paying that tax. And it's all political favors, all political, which is the last thing you want to have on a tax system. And unfortunately, New Jersey has it in spades. Dr. Laffer, in addition to being at our forum, you also did me the honor of co-authoring an op-ed. Um, in the Wall Street Journal, which, by the way, I got phone calls from people from around the country who saw it and really enjoyed the piece. So thank you again for that. Well, you're my hero, just so you know. You are, you know, as I said in the forum when I was there, and, and I really mean it, what you're doing is the Lord's work. Uh, you you really are trying to make a sick patient healthy. And that is that that is the highest honor a person can ever do, is, is to really nurse uh, someone back to health. Well, we're trying to do trying to try to do our part. Let's put it that way. And you are doing your part. I saw all the people there, the enthusiasm, and you're doing it uh, not in a nasty, hostile way. You're doing it in a welcoming way. You're trying to bring the other side into the debate and into the discussion yeah. and convert them with facts. You take opinions and no one cares about their opinions. It, it's not about opinions. It's about facts and not how you feel. And and that what you you did on that uh, and have done in New Jersey is is really impressive. That's the only way we're going to win ever. And you're following that advice perfectly. You understated the situation many times 
just to keep your credibility. And that is really important that you do that. Well, you know, I'm as you know, I'm a native New Jerseyan, and I, you know, I um, like as you're saying, I, I really believe in the state, and we have many advantages, right? Including educated workforce, we have terrific universities, we've got extensive transportation networks and proximity to cities, you know, that provide a lot of commerce, like New York and Pets- and, and Philadelphia. But our op-ed, you know, when we wrote together, it was called a, a simple plan to get New Jersey back on track for growth. So for our listeners, uh, Dr. Laffer, let's expand on what we wrote. Specifically, what do you see as the most important first steps to get New Jersey back on track? Well, you have one thing that stands right as a sore thumb. You know, when your thumb's sore, you can't believe how many times you bump it into stuff. It just because it always hurts. Uh, You have a surcharge on your corporate tax that is, I think, two and a half percent, if I'm correct on that. Uh, this thing is makes you the highest corporate tax state in the nation by far. Uh, if you look at your peer groups around there, it's it sticks out like a sore thumb. I think the first thing is this for sure not to renew that tax. Number one, which you did renew it. It was temporary to begin with. You renewed it once. Don't renew it again. Uh, I think we talked about two possibilities. One is phasing it out over two years. And the other one is just getting rid of it totally and then starting to lower the other corporate tax. I think that is a perfect place to start because, you know, if you just look at that corporate tax by itself, every single law of economics, it's violating and everyone knows it. I mean, there's no one who can't see that tax and see the the damage, the unfairness of it and the economic damage it does to the state, the political corruption it leads to. All of that. So I would make that my first step. And if you succeed there, that's the lowest hanging fruit. You succeed there, then you can move your way into the rest of the process, which is I hope you can do that. You know, if you started the process of reversals here, there's no telling how much gain you can make quickly in the state of New Jersey, because when you get these low hanging fruit, you get rid of them. And then you notice an explosion of economic activity from that one. And then it really encourages you to go to the next one, the next one, the next one. And it feeds on itself. It's like a snowball coming down a mountain and it gets really big and you could really reverse the whole process. It's like those Eastern Bloc countries that adopted supply side economics. It was so obvious that they could benefit from them that when they did that, they created an enormous growth in these countries. New Jersey is like Hungary or like Poland or like Lithuania. It's been so depressed for so long that any move to the right, boom, it'll it'll come back quickly. And I think it's, it's an important point that, um, you know, because uh, in New Jersey, there's such a mindset of, as you mentioned before, only growing taxes, right? Never, you know, stabilizing or reducing them. So it's an important point that you know, this isn't a theoretical discussion about, you know, the potential to eliminate the, the corporate tax and what the opportunity is, because other states have done that, right? Yeah. I mean, other states don't have a corporate tax, but, you know, they, I think there's six or seven states that don't have a corporate tax, but some of them have a tax that's even worse. Ohio and Texas have a turnover tax, uh, which, which is which is not as good as a corporate tax, although they're both pretty rotten. If I were to run a state, and this is what I propose in California as well, and, and any state, is you rationalize your taxes, your major seven taxes, and then you pick out one or two to get rid of. And by rationalizing, you get rid of the deductions, exemptions, exclusions, omissions, credits, all of that. And how far can you bring down the rate with the broadest possible base? And then you take those seven taxes there and you look at them objectively. 
And the benefit from uh, tax cuts comes in the last dollar you get rid of in the tax. If you don't have to file a tax return, that is far better than cutting the rate from 7% to 1%. Going from 1% to zero does far more good than cutting it from seven to one. Now you have to start with a seven to one, but that's where you want to go in New Jersey, getting rid of one. And I can't think of a tax that, that would be more appropriate to get rid of in New Jersey than the corporate tax. Well, it leads to, as you say, you know, bigger investment and better jobs, better, you know, income for families, better, you know, quality of life. Everything and less corruption and less, less cost of doing business. You know, it's not just the taxes you pay. It's also the hiring of the lawyers, the accountants, the deferred income specialists, the favor grabbers, the lobbies. Those are all really serious expenses, especially in a complicated tax code like New Jersey. So people probably pay four or five times as much as you got the state actually collects in revenues because of all this complication and, you know, and all the efforts that they go through to get around it. And, you know, in addition, the jobs and the output and employment and the kids who go home to a parent who's got a job rather than sitting there and drinking too much and whacking, you know, there's a lot of social cost to slow growth, to unemployment, to poverty, to lack of opportunity. Those, I mean, you know, dysfunctional families are clearly a product of a bad economy. Yes. The depression, the suicide rates go way, way up. And alcoholism and uh, children's abuse and, and, and all that stuff that is all part of a bad economic system. Well, and also that um, this has, you know, uh, tax cutting and this whole conversation, as you say, it's not only, you know, referencing some of the social consequences, but it's also become less political in the sense of it's not really a red or blue state issue anymore, right? No, it's not. One of the big proponents of your philosophy, right, of utilizing tax cuts to grow the economy has been Democratic Governor Jared Polis in Colorado. And he usually ranks near the top list of most popular and effective governors, while the state has benefited from a strong economy and population growth. So maybe you can talk a little bit about Governor Polis and other states. I would love to, as you probably know. Uh, Larry Mizell just recently did a big one at Coors Stadium, uh, honoring Jared with this thing. There were about uh, three to 5,000 people. And I was the surprise guest. I introduced Jared. And Jared was an intern in my office at 12 years there. Their family, they have th there were three kids, Susan and Stephen Schutz and the three kids. And our families merged and we shared kids. We shared that. And I adopted Jared uh, very early on, just a character, a really a character that there is. But uh, he has fought for property tax rate reductions and has been opposed by both Republicans and Democrats. He's the leading tax cut advocate. He's cut income tax rates dramatically in the state, again, opposed by both Democrats and Republicans. I mean, he has to fight everyone to get that. He is the first state that has a true uh, uh, health care price transparency law. If you don't show people the prices of the procedures, if you're a health care provider and you don't show uh, the patient uh, the health care costs beforehand, if you don't, you can never send the bill to a collector. Ooh, so hospitals now are very much in their care. So he's done all that. He's done all sorts of other stuff. He was the single best governor in the United States on COVID response. He believes in individuals. Jared, when he was in the Congress of the United States, Jared, all right, was the only Democrat in the Liberty Caucus. Hmm. How's that for cool? Jared was the only uh, one of the very few Democrats 
who broke party ranks and voted the right to try bill. You know, if you've got a terminal disease and you're going to die, prognosis, you're going to die. Why the hell shouldn't you be allowed to try a drug if the FDA hasn't approved it? Mm. Well, they got it and they got it passed and they got it because of Jared. You know, if you look at this, Jared, uh, just on and this is a Democrat, remember, gay, married to Marlon. I was at the wedding. I did the final toast at their wedding. Uh, they get they 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 married to each other not as a showing point because they love each other. That's a wonderful couple. They have two kids. It's just spectacular. The uh, Affordable Care Act had a provision in it that was a five percent tax surcharge. Okay, inside, Jared got about ten or twelve or fifteen of his colleagues in the Democratic, and he went into Nancy Pelosi's office and said, "If that's in the bill, we will not vote for it." She got furious. She got all that, you know, all the explosive uh, histrionics and all that stuff. And he was escorted out of the office there. Uh, he was in his office the next morning. Uh, she called him and said, now, look, if I get rid of it, will all of you vote for the bill? And he said, yes, of course we will. That's the deal. Hmm. She got rid of it. No one's ever heard that story. But that's Jared Polis, a Democrat. That's a Kennedy Democrat. That's a supply side Democrat. I can't think of one issue on earth that I disagree with Jared on, although they say you're a right wing Republican and he's a gay Democrat. No, he's my little baby. I adopted him long ago. He's the most wonderful. And everything he does, uh, I love. I mean, just he's he's great. So it's not Republican. It's not Democrat. It's not liberal. It's not conservative. It's not left wing or right wing. It's economics. Regina, and it's it's fact-based economics. It's not, you know, I've got my opinion, you've got yours. Nonsense. You're not allowed your opinion. It's all about facts, not how you feel. And that's where Jared is. Well, maybe we'll try and have you and uh, Governor Polis on a future podcast with us. Well, I did a couple of them uh, up in Colorado uh, where he, he and I were doing them together on that. And I do a lot with him, like the one I did in Coors Stadium there. I mean, and when he saw me, because he knew there was a surprise, he was going to get a surprise. And he's walking. I said, Governor! I, I just love him more than life itself. I mean, as I concluded my introduction of him, I said, you know, I I, uh, I love you as much as if you were my own. That's sweet. Yes, he's the best governor in the United States. And if he goes for president, he's got me all the way. Dr. Laffer, thank you so much for all of your time, uh, both at our forum as well as today on the podcast. You've given us lots to think about and evidence, as you say, about how tax policies have consequences and that uh, there is, though, an opportunity. Other states have changed and seen growth. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to continue our conversations with you and maybe get, uh, you know, New Jersey back on track to growth. Regina, honestly, you are the uh, the healthcare nurse in in the in the in the really sick ward, and what you are doing uh, is honored above all honors. Seriously, and I, I really do uh, admire you enormously in what you do. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Laffer. My pleasure. Thank you, Regina. The GSI briefing is produced by the Garden State Initiative. For more information about GSI, visit us at GardenStateInitiative.org. And be sure to follow us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to the GSI Briefing on the podcast platform of your choice. And please leave us a good rating. This is Regina Agia, and thank you for listening.